Welcome to Wild Quincy, a podcast that looks into the little-known and forgotten past of Quincy, Illinois. For nearly 30 years, this man has been a staple of news and sports in the tri-state area. In our final episode of the season, we sit down and talk with the one and only Bob Goff. That coming up next. Now, here's your host, Chris Ketters and Travis Hoffman. So, Travis, we go from the end of the world to the end of the season. Season finale of A Wild Quincy coming your way here right now. And before we get into the excitement of this last People episode for the season and get you wrapped up and ready for season four, Travis, we got to thank those new Patreon members. We've got a few to talk about. That's right. We have three new Patreon members, the Wild Things they have joined the realm of. First, we want to thank Sherry Schaefer, who joined us at the $8 Kelly Salad Bar level. Then Kyle Mack, who also joined us at the $8 Kelly Salad Bar level. As well as Darren Van Meter, who joined us at the $5 Medium Jeff Special level. We appreciate everyone's support. That's a great way to do it. Toss us a few bucks a month if you're willing to do so, and you will unlock a treasure trove of bonus content. Every off week here, we're doing an episode, and... Yeah, Chris, we're getting to the end of the season here. You know, what what are, what do people do if they get the itch for Wild Quincy? I don't know. Don't stalk us. I mean, we'd appreciate that. <laughs> I don't know, like a little bit, maybe. Like <laughs> a little stalker review. Like, okay. like share, maybe I'll share our location on on the Facebook page. Like, hey guys, we're gonna be out. If you just like want to come up and ask for an autograph and really really yeah. inflate our egos a little bit, we'll have a lunch outing. Just come on. We'll, we'll just say, hey, we're meeting here. Let's go out for lunch together. You know, it's it's beautiful right now. It's almost 32 degrees. It's a great <laughs> time for a picnic. Um, no, I really, uh, if you do, if you do jump over, we will be keeping touch on the Patreon side during the, the, the between season break here at Wild Quincy. And if you get the itch, you can find us there for the latest and greatest and even some uh, Patreon outing information. We're down to a couple contenders for what we're going to be doing. That'll be announced shortly on the Patreon side. And I think I'm done rambling about that. Chris, there'll be a promo on here in a second to give you all that information on where to go to sign up. We'll have, of course, our regular Patreon episode coming up next week. But we are going to fill in with a few. It's not probably going to be every other week, but it'll be pretty close. I think we'll fill in quite a few of those because uh, we definitely appreciate everybody that's become a Patreon fan. And, and even if you haven't, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I was mentioning to Travis earlier, it's so neat how that we uh, we put an episode out and within an hour of, of it being released, we're already getting comments on it so it's really neat to, and really we appreciate all the support and love that we've gotten over the past couple years of doing this podcast and speaking of love and support Travis um, we uh, got a little love from a buddy of ours in the radio world and uh, we talked with uh, Doc Holiday. What, what did we do with him? Yeah we jumped over. Doc has a great new podcast through the Eagle it's something he's been wanting to do for a while it sounds like. It's, it's main kind of instigation was to kind of promote local music in the old days, local radio was the gateway for a band having success in a region, and that kind of went south with syndication and everything else. Yeah. Doc's bringing that back, but as well, he's promoting other local things. Wild Quincy fit the bill, and we were able to go in there oh, a week or so ago and chat with Doc about Wild Quincy. So that'll be coming out, I believe, on November 22nd, a Tuesday. 
just right before Thanksgiving, while you're you're gearing up for some turkey, you can listen for a little talk from us and hear what's uh, going on behind the scenes and a little bit about us. If you're you know, for some reason want to hear us drone on a little bit more. <laughs> We're going back to that stalker scenario. That's right. Uh, Travis, before we get into our uh, episode, uh, final episode of the season, we have to get into the final question of the day. Are you ready for the final question of the day I for this I, season? I think I am. I have no, no reason to believe otherwise, Chris. You've had a good track record this year, so I, I feel like you'll do well on this one. Of course, we usually preface these because of what's coming up on the next episode. We don't know what's coming up on the next episode because it's next season. So we're just doing a Quincy-eccentric question. So here, Travis, is the question of the day. On the south side of town, streets are named for U.S. presidents. From north to south, they are in order by when they were in office, except for one. Name the street that is out of order. I'll give you four options. Washington, Adams, Jefferson, or Madison. What do you think, Travis? Oh, boy. Yeah, tough one, huh? I got to do some mental math here. I won't cheat and look at Google Maps, but... I feel like I, I used to know this. I don't know if I do this time. We'll find out and see how my memory is at the end of the show. So one more time, here's the question. On the south side of town, their streets are named after U.S. presidents. From north to south, they are in order, but uh, one is not in the order it's supposed to be, in the street order, that is. What are the options? you got Washington, Adams, Jefferson, and Madison. Well, the answer for that, as Travis mentioned, at the end of this episode... But we're digging next into the last People episode of the season. We're going to be talking with none other than Bob Goff. And that's coming up next here on Wild Quincy. Here's what you missed on the latest After Hours episode of Wild Quincy. I think I can get in to go around and look at the Halloween decorations thing, though. I think that I, I can dig that. Well, it's, it's, it's especially fun with small children to freak them out. I, I always roll down my son's window just to really mess with him, and he hates that with a passion. A fiery passion. Oh, man. Yeah. Jeez. And then I'll, I'll roll it down and pretend like it's not working. I can't roll it up, and of course it's locked, oh, no. so he can't do it. So, You know, just, just things to add to the therapy bill down the road, Chris. Exactly. I want them to get their money's worth. Our After Hours episodes are available exclusively for Patreon members by going to patreon.com slash wildquincy. For just a couple dollars a month, not only will you double the amount of Wild Quincy episodes at your fingertips, but you'll also be supporting our efforts as we continue to dive into the wild and crazy history of our favorite town. Also, as a Patreon member, you can take part in our live events and Patreon-only outings, as well as having access to our regular episodes two days before they are released to the public. It's easy. Just head to patreon.com slash wildquincy. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash wildquincy and become a wild thing today. Back here on Wild Quincy. It's another one of those people episodes and uh, we're finishing off the season with none other than Bob Goff. How are you doing tonight, Bob? I'm great. Rested up from a couple from a nice uh, long election day and uh, I've got a routine that I kind of go through to get elected to get through elections. I finished that off and now it's uh, Time to move on to whatever pops up next over at Muddy River News. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's always a busy time, and I actually have a kind of an inside joke, and I don't know if you remember this, Bob, but I'll I'll come out the gate swinging on this. Uh, did you know that I ran for state rep in Missouri one year? 
Yeah. <laughs> you did. See, I had I, I always made I always laugh because you were on uh C Gem at the time right. and you were doing electric coverage and you, you had a comment and at the time I was like, Well Would that's kind of mean. Rachel Bringer. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, you had a comment on there about something about, like, well, he wasn't really a legitimate candidate. At the time, I was like, well, damn it, Bob. But then about five years later, I was like, well, no, he was actually probably right. I wasn't a legitimate candidate for it. So, <laughs> But no hard feelings, I guess. Well, you know, when you're running and you throw, I mean, again, I should, you know, I hate crap on anybody that throws their hat in the ring. But if you don't have the infrastructure and if you're not well-funded and you can't make a run of it. I mean, we just saw that here with, uh, with Paul Lang's run against Mary Miller. I mean, it's, I mean, again, great. I, I, you always want to have elections. You want to have competitive elections, but again, that's the key word competitive. And if you can't get 40%, it's not competitive. And, uh, no, I agree. Whenever you're running against well, a a well-respected or well-entrenched in Incumbents, like was the case with you back then, because everybody everybody loved Rachel back then. Yeah, and still does now that she's a judge. Yeah. Uh, Mary Miller is not real well known, but she's she's worked really hard to become well known here. So everybody seems to like her. And uh, Paul Lang, who's a really nice fella, and I've you know dealt with him over the years. He's run for stuff before, but he received zero backing. I mean, he had no funding at all. So. How you can run? And even for me back then, I was, I was, you know, you when you say you're young and dumb, that was the the, <laughs> uh, you know, definitely what I was at that point in time. And, and I didn't realize it, and you don't really realize at that point in time about the game that's being played. And I didn't realize it at the time, but really all it came down to was I was keeping her busy so she didn't affect other elections going oh, on. Oh no, no doubt that's a, that is a uh, that is a well uh, a well known strategy that people will use. It's okay, we got to run somebody against them so they can't go help other candidates in other spots. So oh yeah, that that's uh, yeah that's that's a well uh, that's a well known strategy. Bob, I'm curious. Uh, you have kind of I'm curious about your time in Springfield. I know you you were you did the, the traditional newspaper and the media for a long time. You you were in there early on the digital game, kind of on the lo- kind of getting a local news site going, and you ended up in Springfield. What was your time like over in Springfield? Um, well, it's it's funny because uh, I uh, when uh, Governor Rauner when Rauner was running for governor, and I I met him a couple times, and I did like him, and I you know I supported him, and you know back then I mean I was you know, I was supporting re- Republican candidates pretty hard, and uh, but a friend of mine, one of my best friends uh, over in Springfield. Uh, was working with Rauner and got in the administration in the policy side. He said, Hey, we're looking for trying to find people who want to be PIOs. You want to throw your hat in the ring. And, and at that time, you know, uh, Quincy news had morphed into Quincy journal. And it was, it was really, I mean, even though at that time I was part of star radio and Quincy journal was part of star radio. Uh, it was, uh, it was pretty labor intensive. I mean, uh, I was, uh, it was pretty much, I mean, I had some help, but uh, Star Radio had made some cuts and that had affected me and I'd really pretty much become a one man band and I was getting to the point, I just can't do this. And, you know, you go work for state government and it's a good salary and a good pension and all that stuff. So I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a whirl. So uh, so then I, I put my name in and uh, I said I wanted to go do this. So um, when Rauner got elected, I was vetted and did everything. And then uh, about uh, I think I started in, you know, Rauner was elected in you know, November of, of 16. And then, then would have taken office in January. And by the time, you know, and filling all the government and all the paperwork and blue and red tape and everything, I ended up starting uh, over there in June. 
and uh, had a pretty good uh, pretty good run for four for four years until you know Governor Pritzker won, and then I was in the wrong party, and I was also since I was from Quincy, and uh, Governor Pritzker, uh, his people were. Uh, Having uh, a lot of problems with uh, with another uh, well with a well known Quincy Democrat and Mike McLean and kind of anybody who was working in state government from Quincy was uh, was removed from the right. equation. Uh, myself and Brent Fisher mm-hmm. and Rob Copley was on a state committee that he was removed from and a couple other guys. So so it was a good uh, it was a good four years. Um, I, I enjoyed the work. Uh, I drove. I was in Springfield a lot. Um, you know, I drove to Springfield three to four days a week. Uh, I would stay over, you know, a night or two. Uh, then I would have to go to Chicago a couple of times a month. So that was that was a little taxing. And uh, and I was fine to keep doing it. Matter of fact, at the end, I had moved. Uh, I was able to work out of Quincy more because I was working for the Department of Employment Security and we have an office here in Quincy. So I was only having to go to Springfield a couple of days a week. And so it was actually working out much better. Uh, but then, uh, you know, the governor uh, made his uh, made his call and against his prerogative. I was a political appointee and that's how the games played. The ironic thing about that, though, now is that my son works for Governor Pritzker. And uh, <laughs> so it's like full circle. And of course, he's a very active Democrat. How's how's Thanksgiving dinner shaping up for these I, this, no, this time around? We don't talk, Thanksgiving. My wife, Ellen, has a very strict no politics rule. And that's fine because my <laughs> rabidity and in, in loyalty to any party right now is, is gone. I really consider myself an independent. Um, I wrote a column a few weeks ago that said I, I'm not going to vote in any primaries anymore. First off, in my role as a journalist, we want my partners and I want Muddy River News to be truly independent. Obviously, we had a slant with Quincy News and Quincy Journal. We don't want that with right. this. We want to report news. We want to do straight up. We want to call out Republicans and Democrats and whatever. We don't. We're not going. We don't do endorsements. Um, that's just kind of how we are going to. We we want to be a truly independent. Uh, news source. And uh, I've always uh, believed that if both sides are mad at you, you're doing something right. And that's kind <laughs> of the talk we're taking now. And, uh, you know, we, we interview Republicans and Democrats. We've uh, had advertising dollars from Republicans and Democrats. And that's and we don't, you know, just like because somebody runs an ad with us doesn't mean that they're going to we're going to not going to run something that they don't like. We're, we're again, we're trying to be a completely independent uh, news uh, operation, and you know, going back to, to my, my my son for a minute, real quick though, and talking about that, he's the he's he's the deputy press secretary for Governor Pritzker. We were talking last night, and I got a text from him like it seemed like I think it was seven oh one. He's like, "We won," and I'm like, ah. <laughs> "Just the exits and everything." I mean, again, it's a it is a well run political machine, and it's like I said, "Well, congratulations, you're still gainfully employed." I I appreciate that. So, <laughs> um, so that was so that was funny. And then uh, you know, I watched all the stuff today about the governor, and again, it was uh, there were no surprises. Uh, I I can verify that I correctly predicted that the governor would hit fifty four percent, and that's what he hit. <laughs> so I felt pretty good about that prediction. Um, <laughs> But uh, it's, you know, state state government was was great. But I mean, I'm a news guy. I mean, I went to the oldest and finest journalism school in the world in the University of Missouri, Columbia. And uh, it's where my heart is. And I was really fortunate that, uh, you know, once I was out of state government and then I was working in politics that, you know, I had 
people who are interested in starting another news website. And I'm like, well, I mean, I've done it before. I can do it again. And I said, I really want to do it the right way. And, and you know, fortunately, I have partners who are very supportive and we did everything we could to make it uh, to, to be able to come out of the gate swinging. We brought aboard some great people and, uh, you know, we were able to, uh, you know, guys who were in news before and I got them back in. And then, of course, we hired a couple of guys away from some other news operations and sports operations. And uh, we, we really put together a, a well-respected team. Well, Bob, you kind of mentioned this already, and I, I, I got to dig a little deeper in this. And you've mentioned uh, going to Mizzou, but uh, I think let's let's take a step back. You've been such a uh, staple in the media industry in Quincy for many years now. But let's go way beyond that. Let's go way beyond Mizzou. Let's go to where where did Bob grow up at? Rawls County, Missouri, Perry. Okay. Um, born in Hannibal, and then I grew up in in Perry. Uh, I joke that uh, Perry is very close to Florida, Missouri, where Mark Twain was born. And I always joke that, well, he went from Florida to Hannibal. He went west to east, and I went east to west because I was born <laughs> in Hannibal and then ended up in Perry. Grew up there, went to Mark Twain High School, and then went to Mizzou from there. So, Has it always been like a, a, a kind of a pathway? Has it always been a media, newspaper, journalism path that you've always kind of wanted to do? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, in, in, you know, well, I mean, I wanted to be Batman when I was in sixth grade, but then... Uh, <laughs> After Keep the dream that, alive. Keep the dream I, alive. I uh, said, well, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I know, right? And then I found out how much all those toys cost. And I'm like, well, I don't have Bruce Wayne's money, so I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, I wanted to be, I wanted to be uh, Jack Buck. I wanted to, you know, that's what I wanted to do. And went to Mizzou and had all intention to be a sportscaster. And first job I took was uh, I, I actually was up for three or four uh, weekend, you know, sports anchor jobs and, they were all in very small markets. ESPN was just starting. A lot mm -hmm. of guys from Mizzou at my time were going to ESPN oh, wow. and in, in lower level positions, and then they made their way up. But a lot of those guys I went with, and that's uh, what I wanted to do. And then uh, I, the, the jobs I was looking at, and again, we're talking the late 1980s, right around 1990, you know, do I want to go to El Paso, Texas? Do I want to go to – Marquette, Michigan. Do I or do I want to just work someplace that I'm familiar with the area? And guess let's face it, as you guys all know, because you've worked in media setting before, you're not making any money. <laughs> right. um, you know, I said, do I want to go someplace where, in case I get in a pinch, I have family that can support me? And uh, that's when I, uh, you know, made the decision to uh, to go ahead to take the weekend sports and, and weather job at KHQA in July of 1990. So that's about the same amount of time. And you also mentioned this about your, your love for sports, but you mentioned some other sports that you were involved with and, and had something to do with auto racing. And I kind of remember hearing Bob Goff's voice for the first voice, our first time at Quincy Raceways. Yeah, I was the, I was the PA announcer at Quincy Raceways for 10 years. Uh, my brother was a racer and, and was involved in all that. And, uh, my grandfather, uh, Bob Meisner, who uh, lived in New London, Missouri, took me to sprint car races and auto races all over. Pardon the barking dogs. Um, <laughs> sprint car races and auto races all over Iowa, Illinois, and Missouri as a little kid. So I loved it. I mean, kind of in my blood. And when they uh, asked me to be the PA guy, it was uh, you know some good side money because, again, yeah not making a ton of money in my day job at the time. I, I was with, uh, I, I think I moved from KHQA to be the news and sports director at WT80 radio. And, uh, in Sunday nights, you know, there's usually not 
nothing happening on the news side or sports side. So I uh, went ahead and, uh, and and did the gig and loved it and had fun. And uh, it was, again, it was, a, it was a blast. You know, I did it for 10 years and then it got to the point where it's, you know, the kid, we were, my wife and I were starting to have kids and, and the, my wife lived, I grew up in St. Louis and lived in St. Louis. So we would, you know, go there, you know, at least once a month, sometimes twice a month on the weekend to see her folks. And uh, then I would, uh, you know, then it'd be, oh, we got to get back because I got races Sunday night. We're always, <laughs> right. you know, hustle to get back. So got to a point it's like, well, let's, let's, let's not do this anymore. So I don't have to hustle back and let's not do this. So I can, you know, grill something on a Sunday night and chill out on the porch or whatever. And we don't have to, you know, I don't have to just go out and racing. And then I missed it the first couple of years, but then after that is like, okay, this is, this, but again, it was great people. Um, great yeah. racing, uh, guys who just put their heart and guys and gals who put their heart and soul in it. Um, I didn't see how they did it then. I sure don't see how they do it now. It's just so darn, right. it's such an expensive sport, yeah. but I am glad to see, that uh, Quincy Raceway, well, Adams County Speedway now seems yeah. to have had a bit of a renaissance. And of course, Steve Iinger, who works with me at Muddy River, he is our racing guru. He is the racing guru, and uh, he covers all that for us. He loves it, and uh, we were very glad that uh, when uh, when I asked him to to come aboard and cover racing for us, that he uh, he jumped at the chance. That's right up his alley too, for sure. So let's talk yeah. about the transition. So you went, you obviously are much more focused, it seems like on the, uh, you know, politics and news. And, and so what happened with the transition? So you're obviously into the sports side of things. Where did that real transition from sports to, to journalism and, and more specifically into politics and news come in at? Well, I mean, I, I was always interested in politics, dabbled in a little bit almost took a job out of college to work for Congressman Harold Volkmer, who was Northeast Missouri's congressman for years. Almost took a job there, but uh, didn't because I was, you know, it was sitting there because, again, going into politics, there was a lot more money and going into news. And my dad was like, well, you're sure you really want to do this news thing? You're only going to make, you know, $15,000 a year to start. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, I got to get it out of my blood. I got to try it. So, so I was, again, I was the weekend weather sports guy at KHQA, and that was all good. And I was liking that. But then KHQA wanted to start a morning show. So uh, I was the first uh, co-anchor uh, on Good Morning Tri-State. And it was the first morning news show that we had in the market. Because, wow. you know, now everybody has a morning news show. But they didn't back in the, 90, the 80s and 90s. So we started that morning show. And uh, I did that for a couple of years. And then... Uh, and then uh, Reggie, Reggie Coleman asked me if I wanted to come be the news and sports director at uh, WTAD. And uh, it was a little more money. And I said, uh, sure. And plus, plus I want, it, that got me to do, I, I want to do play-by-play. I really wasn't getting to do a lot. I would do some pinch hitting for Bud James and the guys over at Kick FM. And I'd get to, I'd, I'd get to do a game every once in a while, but I, I really wanted to do it. And I mean, I didn't think I was at this, by this time, I think the, the I realized I wasn't going to get to be the play-by-play guy for the Cardinals at any time. Um, <laughs> but I, it was something I still wanted to do. So uh, when I went to WTAD, um, I got to, uh, uh, I was the first uh, play-by-play guy for John Wood basketball when they started their program. And I got to fill in on some Blue Devils and Raiders games and and I did a lot of college pinch hitting and doing games at Culver Stockton and QU, well, Quincy College back then. Right. And uh, and it was a great two years. And I did that and uh, and loved it. 
but it was also it was again it was still a lot of hours i mean news mm-hmm. is news is tough and when you're doing news and sports it's it's hard and back then radio it seemed like back then radio stations had a bunch of people working there but they really didn't i mean now radio stations are as you guys know are incredibly there's skeleton crews yeah yeah so then i went and took a sales job my first ever sales job selling media but i did media i did uh, cable ad sales uh here in quincy and i did that for did that for a while and uh, but i missed new and that's when i went back and worked for the herald wig and quincy media well quincy newspapers incorporated back then and quincy media and then transitioned in and then you know eventually got to the point where i wanted to i wanted to run my own ship and uh had the opportunity to do that at uh, quincynews.org when you you were at uh harold wig for a while you were doing sports and news when you were at harold wig when i was i was doing part-time when i was uh i was part-time sports kind of helping out back when donnie Krim was a sports director and was filling in and doing some stuff there but then when I left the world of sales, uh, then I went back into news and was then I became a full time news reporter there. And okay. I was covering county board and city council and doing all that. stuff. that's that's really when I started getting hardcore into doing politics was when I was working at the WIG and then eventually transferred over to WGEM because they were all owned by the same company back then. And then, you know, when when we when I was approached to start quincynews.org because the internet you know was just was just really getting going you know we, the 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 station the tv station and the and the the newspapers had websites but they were they were stepsisters they were afterthoughts they yeah. didn't yeah. put any effort into them and i'm like i'm like i think this internet thing might stick around i think <laughs> maybe maybe if if you would put your primary focus into your internet product your yeah. websites i think that's the way to go and they just they didn't do that. I'm curious when you did start. I remember QuincyNews.org. That was back in that day. I was I started a site called Q Town, uh, right? And so it was it was almost exactly the same time I was watching what you guys were doing, and you guys definitely had your finger on the pulse on that. How serious did did more you know what I I guess you could say traditional brick and mortar news sources did did they see you as just like the little guy making news or did did you feel like you were giving them a run for their money then. I had uh, people who were with uh, uh, Quincy newspapers who were my friends and, and colleagues I'd known before. You know, when I, at the Herald Wig, it would be you'd go cover a meeting and then you'd go home and then and you'd come back and maybe write your meeting story the next day. And I was always big on, I'm going to cover this meeting. I'm going to get the story up. I'm going to have it first and get it done before everybody. Yeah. And then I would just, I, that kind of became the routine back then. And I wanted to keep that going. And I just, I just, I worked my ass off and my God, the, the, the guys at the wig who had been, who were friends of mine, still friends of mine, they're friends of mine to this day. Matter of fact, I'm working with many of them now. <laughs> we're like, you made us better because of what you did. We were really, there were, we were, we were kind of lazy and kind of set in our ways, but you really, they said, you made us take the internet seriously. And because they did not want to break stories, they didn't want to break stories online. They just said, okay, we can't put it, we can't put it in online and we can't put it on the air. We have to, we have to put it in the newspaper or on the television station or the radio station before it goes online. Why? No, that's not what this is about. This is access. And again, this was, this was before everybody had it in the palm of their hand, Right. but people were still on their, on their desktops or whatever 
they just didn't want to do that. So I think we changed the conversation. I think we made it. But the, but the problem was the big media companies, even though they finally came around to say, okay, we know we've got to put our stuff online. They're still not making any money. They're not making any money online. Uh, they're still their their bread and butter were TV ads and and you know for the newspaper back then it was it was retail and it was car sales ads and it was you know county market and IV ads that's where it was all that's where their money was it wasn't in the internet and they didn't even try I mean we sold the banner ads and you know we sold them pretty cheap and but we did enough so we could just pay you know, pay me and pay any expenses we had and right. and that's just that's how we did it. And uh, when I, you know, left QuincyNews.org to go work for Star Radio, they really, we just took the model and moved it over. Right. I had, I had help because I had sales reps who would also help. And in the beginning, it was, we had a good team. And the, the, the early days of, of Quincy Journal were really, we were really doing good work. And uh, the first year there, it was, uh, you know, we were cranking it out. We had, you know, Brian, you had Brian Nichols and all these other guys who, you know, Jamie, uh, Jamie Booz and Jamie Trader back then. Sure. We had a good team of people who were helping populate that site. And that was the first year of that was it was the, the Quincy News.org stuff was still just me. And it was me trying to kind of put everything together. That's, a lot. And, that's so much for one person. That's incredible. Yeah. And yeah. I was trying to sell and I was trying to write and do all this stuff. And it was just too much. So when we were able to have a team do it at Star Radio that first year, it was great. And the second year was, was still good. But the third year they said, OK, we need to. Yeah, it was funny because they, they started to treat it like a radio station and they said, well, you need to we need to monetize this the way we're they wanted the same profit margins and all that. And I'm like, look, yeah. we're make we're making money. Why upset the apple cart? But it's like, well, we need to make more money off it. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, you've made more money the first two years, but they really implemented this system where uh it really was it, it, you know the, the sales reps were wanting premium to sell at, because they still weren't they still didn't get it it was it was it was very difficult in that transition there and i was still i was you know busting my ass still to grow this thing and then the and then when the state government thing happened it was time for i thought i thought my news career was officially finally done and right. i would go to state government and you know, I would I would become a you know, I'd become a state employee until I you know, until I retired doing that much with news for so long. Did you ever deal with burnout? I mean, and if so, I mean, what what kind of got you what bug bit you to get you back into the news, the online news game again? Did you see recently? I was oh, I was fried. I mean, that's why I left. I was fried. I mean, I, I was working 70, 75 hours a week. And uh, the radio station made some cutbacks and they basically said, you know, it, they put more emphasis on me. And it was like, you know, like I said, the first two years of that were really good at doing the Quincy Journal thing. And then and then it was like they completely they made all these other cuts that affected me. And it's like, well, we can't do that. I mean, I've got to, you know, if I'm supposed to. And, and I was helping fill radio content at the time, too. It's like, well, mm -hmm. I'm going to fill my content first. Like, well, no, we still need you know, you still have to have morning news for Mary to read. And it's like, well. Okay, but you know, we yeah. got to get the site going. The site is the site. The site's my priority. So yeah, I was fried, and uh, the opportunity to go in the state government was was really appealing to me. And yeah, I was burnt. And again, I thought I thought I never would. I thought I'd never do it again. And you know, I started, uh, you know, working, you know, getting in state government. And I started with the Commerce Commission, 
And then I moved from the Commerce Commission uh, as their public information officer to the uh, to the Department of Employment Security. And uh, yeah, and then when you know we had the change in administration, I was like, well, uh, I could stick around. And, and actually, it was funny because I talked to people in the in the Pritzker administration and said, oh, there are no litmus tests here. You're going to be fine. Well, then once all the stuff mm-hmm. happened involving yeah. Mike McLean and him getting crossed with Pritzker's people, that's when it was like, oh, OK, well, the, the writing was on the wall then. So right. so then I decided, to OK, well, I, I would still stay in politics. And that's when I started doing political consulting and did that for a year until we uh, until, you know, the, the guys until Jim Rapp. Uh, a very well-respected attorney in town and who I'd known for years just in through work because he's been an attorney for John Wood. And he's, he's just, he's, a, he's, in, he's written a, a gazillion government law books. I mean, he's, he's just a really sharp guy. And he just said, boy, I really miss you doing news. And I was like, well, yeah, it's, it's great. But I, who, where am I going to, I'm not, I'm not, they don't, I can't make enough money in any of these other places doing this and they're just like, well, why don't you start your own? I'm like, well, yeah, but, and he said, oh, <laughs> I mean, I've got some guys. We'll do this. We'll put together. And he said, what would it take? And I said, uh, well, I've got a, I still, I have a business plan. And I mm-hmm. gave it, and they go, oh, sounds good. And we started. And actually, wow. uh, the funny thing was, Jim and I first started talking about this. It was the same time where they announced they were going to sell the Herald wig. Right. Mm. And so Jim was like, what if we bought the Herald wig? Would you run it? I'm like, well, yeah. But then, you know, <laughs> the the thing is, whenever something is, whenever they've made an announcement that something's for sale, it's sold. It's sold already. Yeah. I told him. Yeah. I'm like, you know, it's already sold. Right? <laughs> it's sold. There's no whatever. And yeah. so it was, and that was fine. And I said, I said, plus I said, if, if we do use, what would the first thing you do? I said, well, it would become a weekly publication. Our emphasis would be online only, but if we wanted to do like a Sunday magazine or something, that's what I would do. He's like, well, that's kind of what I was thinking. That'd be a great idea. And then, hmm. so then when it went down, we started our own thing. I said, okay, since we've started our own thing, we're not going to do print. And I don't want to do print. I was only going to do print if we took over an existing print product. Right. I said, I don't do that that infrastructure just, is expensive. Not, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And expiring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because once the sale went down and then they made that first round of cuts and that's when everybody knew it was where it was. Well, headed. and Bob, let's talk about that a little bit. Talk to me about the change in atmosphere. So you were in Quincy 10, 15, 20 years ago when you had the structure where you had local. You had a locally owned TV station, a locally owned newspaper. You had all these locally owned influences. Tell us how the atmosphere in the media world has changed even from not only from just day-to-day operations, but just even how the news was reported from 10 years ago to today. Well, first off, I want to say that the Oakleys and the Lindsays did a great service for this community for a lot of years and put out a really good product for a long, long time. Then the company decided they wanted to get bigger and they did, and they did it successfully. And then they sold it, which is their right. And they did it and more power to them. It's the Mm -hmm. American dream, build something, sell it, cash out. But now we are truly the only locally owned news media entity. And I think that means something. Yeah. And yeah. we're never going to have subs- we you know we're never going to go by the subscription. We're never going to make people pay money to be on Muddy River News or Muddy River Sports. We're just not going to do that. And you can tell. You can just t- because you know the, the the way that you know 
KHQA has been just stripped to the bone. I mean, mm-hmm. Chris Dewar does fabulous work. He's yeah. he's the best that ever was in this market. No offense to Steve Luton, Ben Martha, those other guys, but Chris Dewar's just the dude just works his ass off. But to have yeah. really no to have your to have your media to have your main newscast based out of Champagne, that's not a local newscast. No, no. And I certainly hope Gray recognizes GEM's importance to this community, but I would assume that at some point they're going to do the same thing and because Gray owns a ton of stations in Illinois and they're going to do that same hub thing and it might not be yeah. next year, but it will be before I'm done, I would imagine. Right. Um, and yeah. the Harold Wick, I really think that when Phillips came in and bought him, aside from just the massive acts they took to the place i think their decision to stop the sunday paper is the thing that really hmm. evened everything out because my thing hmm. was okay they've got the sunday paper sunday paper is going to come out you, you always have a couple of cool things you save for the week and it's the sunday paper it should be good yeah it should yeah. be it should be your 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 pride and joy but when they changed their distribution model and went to mail, and then obviously there's no mail on Sundays, and you're not going to hire a circulation department and people to drive around a newspaper one day a week. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and and Phillips doesn't. They don't have Sunday papers in any of the other markets either. So this was a this. I I didn't. I just didn't think they would do it. I didn't think they'd gut it, but they did. They when they cut that, mm. and then now it's. Now it's it's just not it's just not what it was. I think Harold Wig at one time was a fantastic small town newspaper. It really was. Yeah. I mean, I worked there. Yeah. I worked for him. I worked against him. They were a damn good paper. Um, and and yeah. WGEM, you know, they still do good work. They win all the awards and all the stuff TV wise, and that's great. But it's still very hard at that level on a television station when the faces change every year yeah. and you don't right. have consistency and anchors come and go and reporters come and go and yeah, you know, God love him. You know, Brian Inman's going to be there and he'll be there till he's 75 and he'll be tan as tan can be. <laughs> I can say that cause he's my buddy. <laughs> um, but uh, you're still, if you don't have the consistency and the people who have generated your trust over the year, I mean, you know, yeah. You know, the less Saxes of the world who were there for forever and, yeah. and other anchors mm-hmm. who did the, the, did that. And, and, you know, Carol Sowers over KHQA, the same thing. Um, yep. Though, if that if that's done, then what's left? And yeah. what's left is going to be the people who decide, hey, we're going to continue this with a bunch of guys and gals who've lived here their entire lives, who care about this area who, t- who care about the yeah. tri-state well it's the bi-state area for us because we don't cover iowa sorry it's just too far away it seems like you know obviously anytime anyone has skin in the game and for a locally owned you know situation like muddy river news it's it's the it's your home so obviously you know you it, you're driven by more than a paycheck you're driven by more than the prominence it's 
this is the place you live. And I think having that skin in the game makes all the difference in the world is always going to give you that edge as opposed to kind of a conglomeration or different, you know, news group that has roots in other places. And I, you know, and to your guys' credit, I think that's a huge tip of the hat because it comes across that way. And that's, that's huge. Yeah. Well, I think, thank you for that, Travis. And I think that that's, yeah, that's, again, that's what we're hanging our head on. That's what we are, you know, we are here for, we want to be, you know, Quincy's, news source Hannibal's news source we want to be able to cover everything with breadth and depth but the other important thing is we also realize it's a different world and how people consume their news that's why we try to do as many video podcasts and audio podcasts we're doing now we're we're trying to crank out about five to seven of them a week uh, on different topics on news and sports and you know we started the daily muddy and club muddy and fun stuff like that but you know then we're still going to cover you know David is going to write, David Adam is going to write long form, great news pieces. And Matt Shuckman is going to write wonderful feature stories. And so we, we want to have the conversation that is relevant to people. Um, you know, I still, you know, the one thing I, I, I just see with, uh, you know, the other local, the other websites, like for the TV station in town, they just have all this stuff from like all over. And they put the clickbait on yeah, yeah. social media. And it's like, that has nothing to do with, that's not your, that should not be your mission. But, you know, when I look at the numbers and, fa- you know, and the way that especially Sinclair does with all of their stations, they'll put the same stuff on every station's website and just change the masthead, whether it'll be, a, oh, this is a KHQA thing or this is a WIACS thing. or And it's just, mm-hmm. I just don't, that's, that's not the mission. And I know you're trying to get clicks for your website yeah. and I know you're trying to drive. I get mm-hmm. that, but that's, that's not your mission, you know, and, it, but you yeah. can't have a mission when you have one or maybe 1.5 reporters to cover an entire market. So you can't do your, you're not doing your job. What role do you think media, if any has in, is there anything media can do or when they're not looking for more virality on clickbait you know, on Facebook, how, how can media help, or can they against the polarization that's kind of gripped the country where civilized conversations really can't take place anymore? Do you think there's any media is so split now? Everybody has their own media and they have their own media that tells them what they want to hear. The Fox news people have their own, you know, that's, that's what they're going to do. And then when I hear conservatives and Republicans who talk about, Oh my God, Fox news had this Fox news has gone woke. What, what, what are you watching? Fox news. Ain't right. woke. <laughs> and you know, you see some of the, the lefty, the lefty crap that's on MSNBC, you know, people just are going to, they're going to be in their own silos. And again, that's what we try to do. We try to give news that everybody wants. We try to give news that's meaningful to our community. We allow people. I had someone who, uh, uh, and you guys know in Illinois, the, the safety act is a big thing. The end of cash bail coming up on, on January 1st. And we have probably at one point had had, you know, a half dozen editorials and a lot of other news stories and stuff that people like, oh, my, you know, uh, states attorneys and, and police chiefs who said this is such this is a bad deal. Do not this 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 no cash bail thing is going to be awful. Well, then we had a public defender who said, look. This is this is this is why this is a good thing, and we had him on, and you know we did a did a, our podcast with him, our news this week program with him. I received this email from a guy saying this safety act thing's the worst thing ever. I can't believe you'd have him on. When are you going to present the other side? And I <laughs> pissed 
I went back to the site and I grabbed six links and I put them in the email and I said, I said, try to keep up. I am keeping up, but you shouldn't even. So you're saying, you're saying I should only report this and I should not report the other side. That's what you're saying. And that's what, unfortunately we have reached a point where that's what people want. They want to be told, they want to be comforted. They want to be told what they want. I mean, you know, last night yeah. when, you know, the Associated Press and the exits and all the people I talked to said this, the governor's race was over at 7.05. And so we put it and people like, why? Oh, the fix is in. I'm like, no, <laughs> not. It's not in. It's just it's the way it is. And every Republican yeah. here is going to get their teeth kicked in by 10 points. And that's just the way it is. And if you don't like it, follow through on your threat and move to Missouri. And quit talking about it. <laughs> quit talking about how we're going to segregate nice over Illinois here. from Chicago <laughs> and start this new state. It's stupid. If you mm. don't like it, work, find better candidates and work on this we had a lot of republican governors in this state at one time we had a lot of republican united states senators in this state at one time but now anybody who is like that is now seen as oh they're a rhino they're not a real republican they're a real conservative yeah yeah, they are they just don't (laughs) want to live in whatever rock you live under and they want to try to get stuff done when your solution is don't support the schools. Your solution is I'm not paying my taxes. Your solution is this, this, Hey, you've got to work together and you've got to realize that that man or woman you elect occasionally is going to cast a vote. You're not going to like, I mean, when I see some of these people calling Jill Tracy and Randy freeze rhinos, give me a friggin' break. They're as conservative (laughs) as they come. But because they didn't vote on something or they didn't like your candidate or they didn't show up for one thing, oh, they're a rhino. My tolerance level is gone now for a lot of this stuff. (laughs) We like this raw Bob. This is fun. When I talk about I'm done with I'm I'm done with primaries. I'm done with, with, with coddling you people. Um, I, I, you have some very good points, but you also have some really crazy going on. Yeah. And <laughs> you need to realize that if you if you really want to have a productive world where we can all come together and get things done and accomplish what needs to be accomplished and raise our children so our society can evolve, you you can't just sit in your basement and yell at Fox News, okay? Get out there a little bit. The the sad thing is, I think that probably within the next ten years, the word bipartisan is going to completely disappear. There, that's that's the thing that's going to be in the past. Uh, you're you're going to be like, what what does that word mean anyway? Uh, so so before we wrap up, Bob, we we have these things called lightning round questions. And so we're going to throw these out at you. You can do them as quick as you want. Take your time, whatever you want. Just it, it's Quincy eccentric questions, though. Okay. Yeah. Favorite pizza in Quincy. Um, Papo's. Wow, left oh, field. Nice choice. Wow, field. I, I, Rod and Jeff McLean are great sponsors of our product. Kelly's and the Tower and Gem City and the Abbey are great restaurants. My wife and I will visit at least one of those every week. I am not a fan of the pizza. I'm not a fan of the of the Gem City or Tower pizza. I'm just not. 
Okay. I get Mexican when I go there or get something. I'm just not. Who, who would have um, thought Bob's most controversial thing would be about pizza over here? <laughs> <laughs> you know, my second favorite is Casano's, believe it or not. Oh, I'm talking mean, about. You're rooting for the Hannibal side now. You know, grew up in Rawls County. You were going to go to Casano's and Hannibal a lot of yeah. times. Pizza King back then, but yeah. Oh man, good stuff. Okay, so let, let's let's broaden the spectrum a little bit. Let's just talk about what your favorite food item is in Quincy. What's what's the favorite thing for you to get when you're out eating somewhere, or something special that's in Quincy? That's only in Quincy. Oh, it doesn't necessarily. Like. Something you like that's at a certain restaurant. I, you know what, I like steak at the Abbey. Oh, nice choice. That's my thing. Yeah. So there, I, I just I just sucked up to the McLeans a little bit. <laughs> saved it. After. Saved it. <laughs> Those ad dollars are still coming. Saved it. Uh, but yeah. no, I twice baked potato and a and a medium rare steak uh, at the Abbey mm. is, uh, is tough to beat. Yeah, my mouth watered a little bit one. there. Uh, favorite sports team can be local, could be national. What's your favorite sports team? Well, St. Louis Cardinals. Cardinals. Okay. What's your second favorite? Dallas Cowboys. Wow. Really? Cowboys fan, huh? Cowboys oh, interesting. I did not see that coming. Oh, yeah. Well, um, we don't read no, good. I grew up, you gotta remember when I grew up. I mean, I grew up in the in the mid 70s. So yeah. Roger Staubach and Cowboys were on TV every week, going to the playoffs and everything. Uh, my big four are the St. Louis Cardinals, the Missouri, uh, the Cowboys, the Missouri Tigers in college yeah. stuff, and the Blues. So those are my. Four. Oh, let's go Blues! Except yeah, for the right? eight-game losing streak we got going on right now, longest losing yeah. streak in team history. What the hell? Horrible. Yeah, what? Well, yeah, we're not going to get into that. All right, last one yeah. for you. And this one, this one, I don't think you're going to think too hard at it, but it might might have to think about it a little bit. If you were to pick a completely different career, what would that look like? Well, I mean, different. I mean, again, I still if if if. Uh, John Mozeliak called and said, "Hey, we need a new play-by-play guy." I mean, that's what I do. I, <laughs> yeah, I it, okay. I'd, I'd be the I'd be the voice of the Cardinals. That would be my yeah. That's still <laughs> yeah. My 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 wife and the, I would have to figure out how I'm going to get to St. Louis. But yeah, no, it's yeah, it's that's that's still my dream job. That's that's what I'd want to do. So. Yeah, well, well, like you said, my my first memories of you were ten years of being the voice of Quincy Raceway. So, so you can at least have something you can be the voice of that people yeah, remember. Yeah, uh, I did that. It was a lot of fun. Well, Bob, we appreciate you coming on yes. so much and talking with us. Any other thing you got to talk about? I don't want to forget anything. Is there anything we're missing? Uh, no, I just uh, I want to thank everybody. I want to thank you guys for the kind words uh, about Muddy River News and Muddy River Sports, and uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, again, I think that uh, I think that what we do is pretty important, and uh, you know our our readership uh, has just grown in leaps and bounds, and we're not even two years old yet. If you'd have told me. Hmm. Where you where would you like to be in your second year? I'd be like, well, I'd like to be here. Well, we've already kind of blown past <laughs> that. So um, 2022 is our first full year and we're going to and we're going to our budget. We're going to turn a profit. So congratulations. That's awesome. It's huge. Yeah. Congrats. That's so, amazing. Yeah. Now we just got to get ready to do it again in 2023. So. Any any big things you can uh, spoil coming down the road on from Muddy River News? Uh, a new website design and a new app coming January first. Okay. Oh, we'll nice. look forward to that. Yep. Bob, thank you so much for coming on Wild Quits. Anytime, guys. Thanks a lot. All right, that is talking with Bob Goff, and we'll be back with more after this on Wild Quincy. <laughs>
can be as clever as Kevin with Tiger's new Talkboy tape recorder. Stop drooling on me. Stop drooling on me. It even has speed control. Hi, kids. We're home early. Hi, kids. We're home early. Tiger's new Talkboy tape recorder comes with audio cassette. Hiya, pal. Look for Home Alone 2, available now on video. So, Travis, I found this ad uh, a few months ago, and it brought back some great memories because both you and I both had one of those uh, back in did the day. Did we both that? have one? I remember we I had did. one. I forgot you had one. Yeah, we both did. So That was some cutting-edge technology. Do, it was. Do you remember there was a... Was, I'm sure it was probably 99Q had a thing where they played a, a music track at like... A hundred and like like two hundred percent speed. <laughs> yeah, and then we had the the brain the, the brain just like amazing epip. We had the epiphany to use the talk boy to record it and then play it and back slow at it down. Speed. But it <laughs> yeah, took so long that. to do it that it, we had no chance of actually entering the contest <laughs> at that point. But I remember that for a brief yeah. minute we thought we cracked the code, man. I, mine was actually the opposite because you could you could also fast forward the stuff that was on there too and make it sound quicker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And mine was always like, uh, do you remember the song uh, "Sold" by John Michael Montgomery? Yes, yes, yes. He, yes. he talks really, he sings really fast. That song is hilarious when you speed it up to double the speed. <laughs> totally random, but you know what's on? We're on the topic. The song "Jolene" by Dolly Parton. Yeah. There's a YouTube recording where they slow that down, and it almost feels like a hip hop, like a a really cool. It's it sounds that's amazing. cool. Yeah, it's wow. Really good. But anyways, yeah. So that was a look at our national commercials. We wrap it up. We're gonna be trying to get back next season to the local ones. We were just gonna take a break and go with some of the national ones. But yeah, that uh, brings back some good memories for Travis and I, and kind of brings back the memories you used to have, like a spy kit too. Remember that? Yeah, there was, I forget what the company was called, but there's all these little spy spy things. You had your, your sunglasses with the mirrors on the edges yeah. so you could see behind you and all kinds of random <laughs> So crap. cool. Yeah. They don't have cool stuff like that anymore. It's, it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's all relative. It's all relative, I guess. Yeah, it's true. That's true. So, anyway, that's a look at those throwback ads. And by the way, as always, if you have old VHS tapes, old cassette tapes, anything like that that has old news uh, news station stuff or old TV or radio stuff on it with commercials, let us know. Send them to us. I'll copy it for you. I will give you a digital copy of it as long as I can steal some of the ads off of it. So, if you got any of those, uh, let us know. Uh, email us at wildquincy at gmail.com. We'd love to uh, find some more of those ads for next season so we can get back to some of the more of the local stuff but travis uh, i think it's time to bring out the golden pipes for one last time this season let's hear them and now it's time for words of wisdom from adams county so as it is the end of the season i was looking around travis we'll have a an, uh, a thing on facebook coming up shortly for next season to get some new numbers from everybody but I was trying to think of some different ideas. So I was going like, uh, I was looking at like politics and I was looking at Tuesday since it, Tuesday was election day just recently. I was looking at a bunch of different stuff. Couldn't find anything. But while I was looking around, Travis, I came across a couple of interesting sections. <laughs> okay. What do you got? I'm curious. One of them is literally called salt and pepper. <laughs> 
two of my favorite seasonings. Yeah. So let me give you a couple of salt and pepper ones. And then this transitions to the general food ones. All right. So I'm going to give you like five or six quick ones here. Uh, seven, seven, two, six. Throw over your left shoulder a pinch of salt that you have spilled and you will be lucky. You've heard that one before, right? Yeah, that's a classic. I'm familiar with yeah. that one. Um, seven, seven, two, zero, a little bit different. If a child spills salt, he will get whipped before the end of the night. Well, yeah, he spilled salt. <laughs> I would have gotten whipped too. And then you go into a little bit more of a unique one. Seven, seven, zero, eight. Crazy. And this is a quote, by the way, crazy people eat lots of salt. I do enjoy salt, Chris. <laughs> Crazy. So that was the little salt section. But now I get into the food section, and it just comes right out of the gate in the food section. So I'm going to give you four more here. Uh, seven, seven, four, four. Beans cost flatulence. Hence, they are vulgarly known as wind fruit. <laughs> wind fruit? I've never heard that before. <laughs> Beans, wind fruit. Boy, that's going in my day-to-day lexicon. The, the next one, seven seven four five, says, always blow the foam off your glass of beer for luck. So that's good to know. Okay. Uh, okay. The next sign, not so good, seven seven nine four. spilling liquor on your clothes is a sign that you will get drunk. <laughs> or a direct effect of doing so. Or you already are. Yeah, it's a good indicator of where you're at. <laughs> Uh, why not another beer one? Seven seven four six. Beer is always better when drunk out of a can. Try it, and it literally says that. Try it! Exclamation point. Was the can the can must have been a pretty new innovation for beer then, right? I think the beer. Yeah, I guess so because you had the bottle. bottle. It was yeah, the, yeah, it must have been just real new. Dude, this guy probably was like drinking next to like a salesman who was like, yeah. he was yeah. like, oh no, the cans are where it's at, man. Yeah, the cans are the future. Uh, <laughs> but this was the kicker for okay. it okay. in the in the food section, and and this is good good wisdom, and and this is something, Travis, you should take to heart, and you need to do immediately. Okay, seven 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 two is this a good cheese must be ripened. In a manure pile. Words of wisdom from Adams County. <laughs> so, so for your good cheese, you got to get the good cheese and throw it in the cow manure, and it'll taste great. So instead of charcuterie, it's more like charcuterie. <laughs> that was a good dad joke right there. Uh, there's that always one, one in the in the in the barrel. <laughs> All right, Travis. So before we get to the question of the day, uh, we uh, you brought this up to me, and um, we discussed it, and we found out that there is a podcast that has been released. It's Quincy Eccentric, and, and we like to support our local podcasts and, and, and support others that are getting into the area and doing these sorts of things. Um, and, and this, Travis, is a, is a great podcast. Yeah. Um, and so we wanted to go ahead and uh, give you guys a sneak peek of the preview episode of this podcast. We're super excited to pass it along to you um, and hopefully if you like it it's on spotify make sure to follow it let's give them support but the podcast travis it's got a good name to it too by the way What's it's that? called wilder quincy yeah let's take a listen hey there, folks it's eric and wallace we're just talking about this episode of a program which i'm going to call wilder quincy you might be familiar with another show on the podcast world called Wild Quincy. It's run by these two clowns. One name is Chris, and the other name is Travis. I call them Trish and Blavis because they both are just a bunch of 
idiots, and they think they're sharing something interesting in the world, and it ain't worth spit, really. I emailed them the other day and said, hey, I, my cousin Billy told me about these podcasts that are out there on for free. I've been checking them out. I like history, but I like better history that's wilder. And I heard, I saw Wild Quince come on. I listened to a few episodes. The guests were okay. But these idiots just talk for like 20 minutes about nothing worth listening to. And I'm not going to do it no more. I, I emailed them. I said, boys, you suck. You suck. You're terrible. I don't know why you're trying to put this stuff out in the world. We got better stuff to do with our time. I said, hell, I could make a better show just myself. And I thought, well, let's do it. I want it better, I want it cooler, and I want it wilder. So I'm just going to call it Wilder Quincy, and Trish and Blavish are going to have to deal with it. I might not sound overly educated. That's okay. I ain't a radio DJ person. I'm just a human being, and I'm going to bring a program to the radio. The, radio, the network, I it's like a network radio. It's going to call Wilder Quincy, and I got... Three or four of my boys talking, we, not my boys, but my friends, I don't have any children. We talk about things, interesting ideas of wild things we noticed in Quincy, wilder things we noticed in Quincy, and we're going to take a few episodes and talk about it, and you'll be surprised, I think, what we got in store. So just share right back, which is, again, Ricky Dubs, you can call me, I'll be calling myself Ricky Dubs. Don't go looking for me. I'm not a big fan of all this this, this face stuff. I, uh, I respect my privacy is what's important to me. So just, I'll, I'll find you. You'll see me coming here in my 2000 Jeep Grand Cherokee that is sweet. But until then, hell no, I got to get some stuff ready. And we're going to make a good program, much better than those Trish and Blabber shows on the Wild Quincy. And this is going to become Wild Quincy. So hang on tight, boys and girls. This is going to be good. Do not adjust your diet. We'll be back soon with Wild Quincy. Thank you all. Bye now. Okay, well, that was a, a inter- that was a whole thing, wasn't it? Was that the whole thing? It might have <laughs> yeah, been the whole short. Thing. So we, you know, they've, I've heard the saying that, that what flattery or what is it? Uh, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. But it wasn't overly <laughs> flattering at the same time. I think I'm, you're, am I Trish or are you Trish in this? I don't know. I, I think you're Blabbit. You're Blabbit. I think I'm Trish. So. Well, I think it's safe to say we definitely made an impression. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess in the off season, you have some options. Maybe there'll be some more episodes pop up over there. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Sounds like it's going to be interesting. Uh, somebody told me in uh, with Lost Boys of Hannibal is that you know you've made it when you get haters. And so congratulations, Travis. We've made it. I, I, you know, I, I almost I don't know whether it encouraged this guy or just let him do his thing or I don't know. Yeah. More kudos to him. And if you most people probably don't know this, it costs money to put right. a podcast on online so kudos to him for following through and spending 15 bucks a month you know what i'm not gonna yuck anybody's yum 
So, I mean, keep on rocking, dude. Uh, as always, uh, since he's done this, um, just another another thing for you before we move on is that uh, we will let Ricky know that uh, Ricky Dubs, by the way, is his Ricky, name. Ricky Dubs. Um, Ricky Dubs. Uh, we would love to have him on. We're going to have him on the Patreon episode. The call is out. Ricky, come on in. Let's let's bring you on the episode and let's uh, let's uh, let's learn more about this awesome new podcast called Wilder Quincy. <laughs> oh boy! Well, let's let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. All right, Travis. Before we wrap up this season, we have one last piece of the puzzle we have to take care of. That's the question of the day. You ready? You've been thinking. I've been thinking. I'm not sure if I'm confident, but we'll, we'll give it a shot. Okay. So here, let's do the question again. It says uh, here on the south side of town, streets are named for U.S. presidents. From north to south, they are in order by when they were in office, except for one of them. Name the street, and therefore the president, that is out of order. Is it Washington, Adams, Jefferson, or Madison? Travis, your thoughts? Hmm. I want to say that it's Washington. Okay, final answer? Yeah. Fortunately, the season end is not going to be good for you, Travis. I didn't, I didn't end strong. No, didn't end strong. The answer to the question is a little bit, a little bit of trickery, uh, but not really. And it's Adams. Adams oh. is actually, and in, in technically, this is a weird thing about it, and I'd be curious to find if we can ever find an answer, but, you know, obviously you had John Adams and John Quincy Adams. Mm. What Adams Street represents what president? Because that Adams Street represents John Quincy Adams. Ah, that's where they and get not you. John Adams. Interesting. So, yeah, so it goes Washington, Jefferson, Madison, Adams, I think, in some order like that. So, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so there's your answer. Adams is the one. Is but but to, I was today years old when I learned that the presidents, for the most part, are in order from north to south. So there you go. You learn. You learn a little. You learn a little. That's what you do here. A little, not a lot. <laughs> a little. A little. A little. So, uh, well, guys, thank you so much uh, for all your supports for this season. Uh, it's been an amazing ride. We've had some great guests again this season. We want to thank all the guests that we've had uh, on. Uh, thanks again to Bob that was just here, Reg Ankrum. We had Beth Lane and, of course, Chuck Schultz. Uh, we thank all of those guests for coming on this season. And, Travis, it's been a fun ride, and I think we got to do another one. Yeah. Uh, you know, do we want to tease any topics yet? It's a little early for that. We are dropping the um, the what if, and we will be replacing that with something new or possibly something old. Uh, we'll let you know about that a little bit later on. But uh, we have a lot of excitement. We're going to dig in more to the uh, into the mafia side of Quincy and get into that. We got some more exciting people episodes coming your way. I want to I want to talk hobos. You want to talk hobos? I think we're <laughs> going to talk hobos and maybe some mysterious airships. Oh, yeah. We've had that sitting on the burner for a while. So we got some good stuff cooking. Uh, yeah, stay tuned. Uh, like I said, if, if you guys want to catch up on what's going on on the off season, jump over the Patreon side, and we'd love to hear you and interface with you on that side for a while. All right. Well, for Travis Hoffman, I'm Chris Ketters, and you've been listening to Wild Quincy. We'll catch you guys next season. Take care, everybody. Wild Quincy is released every other Tuesday and is produced by Chris Ketters and Travis Hoffman. Sound designed by Downdraft Sound and Editing and music by Travis Hoffman Music. I'm Bo Beecraft, and thanks for listening to Wild Quincy. Wild Quincy.